The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. What's up guys? Kelsey Charles and Trista Crick here and uh you are listening to Riled Up. It's a bit of a different lineup for you guys today. I'm on a different podcast. I got different co-hosts. We're mixing it up draft week because why the hell not? I love it. Thank you for having me on short notice. I am always riled up. I'm always down to get riled up. So this is kind of a perfect opportunity for me right in time for draft day. And you know what? They better make the right moves. That's what I know. The the right moves better be made or hell is going to break loose. Guys, Trista and I have like this, I mean, we're obviously DMing all the time, but then Trista's a big Cowboys fan and has been for a long time. And so occasionally we will get into these like, text threads where we're just like going off on this on the state of the team and I just figured we should bring it to the air because why the hell not and um if you guys tuned in like last last uh, fall football season we would hop on and do some lives you do a two-minute drill at the end of every game we were hopping on occasionally afterwards and chatting together so um yeah here we are it's a redux if you will and um but now now we're talking draft and I gotta like, I don't know about you. I it's, it's a drinking game at this point, Patrick Sertan's name, my God. I mean, we've literally said it how many times and I want to be happening. It's been being said all through all the entire last season too. I mean, my, I mean, if, if, if we don't draft him, it would be hilarious because I'm pretty positive everyone in the world believes that's happening. But I want to get your thoughts on, A, do you think feasibility-wise that's what's going to happen? Does it make sense? Or are you like, listen, like if something else happens, I'm good with it. Because we all know names like, you know, Sewell, we, we've got needs at O-line. We've got, if you've got BPA with with Pitts, I mean, how could you turn that down? Is, is Horn really that much of a drop-off? Could you have some trade scenarios? Like, Talk to me where your head's at with pick 10. My head is if, if Sewell is there at 10, uh, which I don't know that he will be, Yeah, I would be more than happy to have a generational last tackle when we know the Tyron has not been healthy. Right. The, there was a whole tank for Sewell thing, a campaign, if you will, going on. So if this team, if something, and now we've got Joey Burrow saying, I know that Joey the Cincinnati, B. Joey B saying, I know the Bengals are going to make the right decision between Sewell and Jamar Chase. 
which really no everyone knows what that means that means listen here Bengals. you yeah. better take chase so yeah, okay count. then what happens who's gonna take sewell will the with the will the lions take sewell will will the panthers take sewell like panthers have other needs Lions need receivers. Are they going to take Waddle? So yeah. there is a feasible situation for those who want a generational left tackle to think that Rashawn Slater and Sewell might be there at 10. Now, we saw how bad things were when that O-line got injured. There were You had Lyle Collins going down. Oh. You had Tyron going down. You had Zach Martin going down. So listen, we're a couple of injuries away from things being real, real shaky for Dak Prescott coming back with big money in his hands and an ankle full of metal. So I would not be unhappy with Slater or Sewell if they're there. What do you think about that? I mean, listen, it's very funny to me, like as a Cowboys fan, how I've become more and more trained to appreciate the non-sexy pick. If you would ask me, I mean, years ago and been like, do you want O-line? I'm like, what? Like, no, just get me a big guy. Like, fill the hole. And I'm, now I'm like, after Travis Frederick and Zach Martin, and again, like Tyron Smith, like the value, I mean, it's, it's a, you get it. You, you get it when you have a combination of guys like that. And you saw last year what that does when even one guy is gone because it's all about continuity on the O-line, right? And you appreciate guys that have position flex like the Zach Martin who was able to swing out to tackle and kind of you know, go back to his college days, if you will. That's all fine and good, but that, that kills the vibe. And I am not trying to move my Pro Bowl, all pro. I, I don't need to, he's good where he's at, you know? Right. And like- There was a lot of, lot of motion happening on that offensive line. We all know the can the struggles of our boy Cam Irving. Rest in peace to Cam Irving, who has been moved, thank goodness. But like it was, he was a turnstile. You want to talk about other situations around the league where where an O line uh, one O lineman goes down and all of a sudden bad things happen? Think about the Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes basically oh. couldn't even do anything because yeah. his O linemen were down. So. There is no success in this offense. There is no success with this team if the O-line is not healthy. So if Sewell is there or Slater is there, I feel like that is the correct move for the future. But say they're gone. Right. Now now you're starting to see things get a little shaky. There's now chatter. There's some chatter about whether J.C. Horn or whether Sertain. They're both, they're both the sons of these generational players, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't be unhappy with any of those four. It was funny you said because yesterday Jerry came out, or I'm sorry, we're recording this on Wednesday. You're going to hear this on, on Thursday, but on, on, on Tuesday they had a press conference and obviously the whole Sean Lee thing. Um, but the, he, he mentioned, you know, Hey, listen, like I, I actually do put stock in guys that have familial roots in the league. He, he literally yeah. said he was like osmosis. And, you know, listen, like you can't genetics, you definitely inherit them. You can't say that if your dad was good, you're going to be good too. But I think there is some merit and it seems that Jerry thinks, thinks there's some merit behind having a family member, especially a successful one, like Horn's dad, you know, pro bowl. I mean, again, like these two guys, like Mike McCarthy, coach Joe Horn senior. It's, it's, it's like, they weren't just scrubs. Like they were players in the league. So I don't know, man. Like I, I feel like 
in, in terms of if I was going to pick someone and kind of like what I'm hearing, like obviously like again, like O-line could be really great. I'm, I'm like, like you mentioned, I'm all for that. I don't really see that being feasible. And I think you and I were texting about something I want to talk about in a little bit after we touch on these two, but I think there's some potential other options later on other rounds that could make some sense for them that could fill that gap. But corner wise, I mean, Sertan's amazing. And I think he's a ready-made player. I think he's ready to jump in right now. You've got reuniting him with Diggs. You've got these two outside corners. I mean, that to me, this back, they, they, that secondary needs it, man, like desperately, right? So I, I would love to have him. But I'm not so sure that the drop-off between him and Horn is really that significant. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not so sure that if you were to maybe move back, and give your number 10 spot. I mean, the 10 spot has been traded out of the last three out of six years. So it's, it's, it's a hot place to be. And if you think you can still get a guy like horn, maybe a couple positions back and maybe pick up some other value and additional picks in the draft, like pick 11 times instead of 10, I'm listening. I am fucking listening to that conversation, my friend for big facts. And we know that Denver also, it may, now that they just made a big trade to go get Teddy Bridgewater, we know that they are not going to probably, I mean, I don't know. Anything's possible, but I don't think that they're going to go draft a quarterback at nine now. Right. So, okay. So they're there. They may end up taking Sertan. They may end up taking a corner. So I've uh, seen that in some mock drafts too. No. Which I'm then, then you're going to say to yourself, oh, well, is there a run on corner? Should we take uh, JC Horn at 10, even I'm seeing them really bobble right around one another, not a huge difference between them. Yeah. And also the, the world is intently focused on Pitts. Oh, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts. He said that the guy that covered him the hardest, the, the toughest to go up against was JC Horn. JC Horn is a doll. He's yeah. a chain taker. He's yeah. aggressive. You know what Diggs is going to be. Diggs is going to be this consummate pro, right? We know what he's going to turn into. Do you need two Byron Jones 2.0s? Or do you want to go and get someone to be tough? Because this defense was soft. Uh, Besides Donovan Wilson, they were soft. Yeah. So do you want to go get a dog? I think J.C. Horn might be a dog. I think you're right. And honestly, also, one thing I want to note, too, is that I feel like a lot of these guys who are corners, I love the ones that have a past as a receiver on the offensive side of the ball because yeah. I – you know, Diggs was like that too. And you, you see a lot of these guys who have similar builds, similar skill sets, and they played on that side of the ball, but then they were advised for whatever reason. And, you know, I think Daniel Jeremiah said it pretty well. He was like, listen, there's, you got, you're going to have a lot more competition on the offensive side of things. So if you want to go ahead and get drafted higher and you still have that similar skill set, go to corner. And I think that makes a lot of sense. And they know the position well. They know what their opponent's doing. It's, they just have a different perspective on it in terms of their football smarts and the way they approach how they're defending them. So I'm all for it. I, I like his history. I like what he brings to the table. I think he does, A, play with a chip on his shoulder, and B, I think he has a chip on his shoulder, like mentally too, because he's, he's pissed. He, does, he personally thinks, and he said this, He's like, I'm a better player than Sertan. I'm, I am the best corner in this draft. Like y'all are disrespecting me. Like I am the best corner. And I like a guy like that. Give me the guy who hates to lose. Give me the guy who has to be a little scrappy and fight uphill over the one who's like the blue blood, right? Like the 
the Alabamas of the world where it's just kind of handed to them. Like the Mac Jones, the fact that we're talking about Mac Jones at three blows my effing mind, dude. I can't, don't even get me started on that. But like, it's shit like that where I'm like, are you actually good enough to be three? Or are we talking about you because of where you came from? Like, I, I'm confused. So yeah, thumbs up on horn for me at 10, at a little bit beyond 10, if that were to happen, Stephen Jones said he was taking phone calls. Like someone called me again. You got to find a trade partner (laughs) so much easier said than done, but I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And think about this. Think about this. Justin Fields. He's, he's looking like for some reason he might fall. So anyone who's interested in Justin Fields at 10 might be the spot for him. Right. You're when you have Mac Jones going three folks like Justin Fields are slipping. Yeah. Or players like Sewell or Slater are slipping. So now you either have the position to go and get someone like the O-lineman or you have the position to trade back with people who need quarterbacks. There are a lot of teams that need some quarterbacks. Is that weird to you? Like, I want to talk about that for a minute. I know it's not Cowboys related, but like that, the like no one was talking about Mac Jones in the first round whatsoever, let alone the top 10 this past fall or any time. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, we're number three. Like they want Mac Jones. And I'm like, what? Like, if you don't like Jimmy G, but you're telling me you like Mac Jones, you really, really? Like a less athletic version of Jimmy G. I'm, I'm, it doesn't make sense to me. No, like I know I don't get paid to do this, but like, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Because no, there's no way. Did you see Chris Sims have his mock draft having Justin Fields at 32? Shut up, dude. I was like, wow. I mean, yuck. I mean, I know Ohio State quarterbacks have not done a great job of translating to the league. Like, we've seen Haskins. You know, we saw – it's just I, – I, it's – Have it's, Alabama quarterbacks translated well the league? I'm like, where's the homie with the chess piece who's, whose wife is more famous than him? Like – what was his name? I can't even remember. Like at this point. Oh yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Um Yep. Yep, yep, yep. You you, I know exactly who you're saying. Because he has faded into oblivion. I think he was the backup's backup for Washington. Dude, he was the shit. Like I his his wife's name is Catherine. I can remember like literally. I'm telling you. It's that's like but that this is my point. This is my point. Like these guys are just not translating. And I'm like, AJ McCarron. Let's go McCarron. If you want to look up a top five worst tattoo, Google him really quickly because it's, uh, it's, Ooh, it's, it's Catherine Webb. Yeah. Like God bless her for staying with him. But anyways, I just, I don't see it. And I'm like, why are you disrespecting fields? And why are you disrespecting Lance like that? Trey Lance. I mean, again, that makes so much more sense to me at three than a Mac Jones. I'm, I don't get it. I don't see it. I'm not here for it. And I really hope it's all a smokescreen so that they are just trying to preserve. I mean, but why would it be a smokescreen at three? Like, why? Why? Like, why would we even be like? The whole thing doesn't make sense. I don't think anyone thinks it makes sense. I mean, I don't I don't even think it makes sense for Shanahan. I don't think that's Shanahan's kind of guy. So and there's like all these now this these news about there being turmoil or some people want Trey Lance within the organization and some people want Mac Jones within the organization. And I'm like, listen. It's not close. This, you really should just go get Justin Fields. It's, it reminds me a little bit of like the Johnny Manziel where you're like, oh, like 
you you got you got one person in the organization who's like got some power yes. and they're like we we want him and they're out there like putting it in the media and everyone's like dear god no like no <laughs> jerry yeah <laughs> exactly where they literally have to like lock him in a in a sealed room in order to not make that decision yeah they're like no sir put him away <laughs> no talking from you no manzel um that's wild speaking of first round i want to get your thoughts like that would be fucking crazy in my mind but i want to get your thoughts on like what would actually be a prediction crazy prediction for something that could go down like you could go with that number three i mean i think i know where you might be going because i know where i'm going in my crazy prediction because you kind of touched on it earlier and i got some things to say about it but where where are you at I mean, if Kyle Pitts falls to 10 and the Cowboys somehow want to take the best player available and they want to feed us that line of garbage that he's some perennial tight end, like that's going to make a difference to this organization, I would lose my mind. I I did a video about this the other day. Like if the Cowboys somehow draft Kyle Pitts at number 10, I will lose it on draft night. This team – if the one thing that we know this team does not need, it's more weapons. That's what we know for sure. Right. So many needs. A team with so many needs, the one thing that they don't need is a tight end. Yeah, we don't. And it's it's funny. I mean, kudos to Dalton Schultz for showing up last year. Blake Jarwood's coming back. I mean, obviously – I think there was a lot of concern with Witten retiring, but he, we all know he was on the down slope for a couple years. And the thing about Pitts that I do like is that he's such a vertical threat. I mean, like you said, he's a generational talent. I think he was maybe the number four overall like prospect coming out of the state of Pennsylvania. And you've got, you know, Micah Parsons was in that top five as well. Someone else, I can't remember who it was, but either way, you know, this man is incredible. But he's also a blocking tight end too. And I just feel like I love that versatility that he's that he brings. As sexy as he would be as a pick for us, I'm with you, man. I'm like, I even if we got down and he was there, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I know I want him, but that would be like a really big bittersweet moment for me. Like you need to then, if that was gonna be the case, then you need to then trade Dalton Schultz and you need to trade uh michael gallup and then you need another first round pick to go then and get a corner because there's no need for you to use that pick on him when there are so many other needs i would be i would be livid i think also taking speaking of which which i don't think really would happen taking someone like micah parsons that's not a linebacker that i think this team needs i don't think it it fits the style of defense that they want to play yeah. And he's going right around nine, yeah. eight, somewhere, somewhere around somewhere between seven and nine. Don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And, and there was a little bit of chatter about the fact that Jerry's not going to pick up LVE's fifth year until after the draft. I don't think that was meant for a first round pick. I think that's like a third or fourth round pick. There's so many 10 picks that the Cowboys have. So I don't think you're taking Micah Parsons there, but that would also incense me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I was going to ask you because, you know, obviously Micah Parsons is a name that's been thrown around and I know he's got some potential character issues. And granted, again, like I think the situation was something where we've all done dumb stuff when we were younger and he did some dumb shit and then, you know, everyone feels okay about it now. But nonetheless, Sean Lee retiring and a lot of people felt like he was retiring because he was waiting on, he was obviously a free agent this year. And again, we all know how his performance has been and we love Sean, but it, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, and it, it, to me, I'm watching them and, and they're, they're talking very much, like you said, like they're not going to, they're, they're going to wait to see how this draft shakes out to pick up LVE's fifth year. Are you worried about that though? Because I mean, again, I realize he has injury issues, but do you feel like it's as bad as to call him like Sean Lee 2.0? Do you feel like it's- I think the second, I think that the second injury was more of a freak injury, you know? Yeah. Like you break your collar, I don't know that that's something that you could, you could correspond with someone being injury prone. I, I just don't. I think that LVE when healthy is a monster. He covers a lot of ground very fast. He gets from side to side very fast, um, which, you know, he can attack the edges in a way that someone like Micah Parsons cannot. That's not what Micah Parsons is going to do. In, in my opinion, do you agree? Uh, no, I do. Yeah, so I don't, I don't see LVE's injury history being a problem, one. And given what kind of player that they want, which LVE obviously mimics, I don't see Micah Parsons fitting into that mold, even if they were to sort of say, well, LVE, we're going to, we're going to move on from you, which I don't think they're going to do. I think it's interesting, even, you know, even identifying what scheme this team is even going to be playing defensively. Like I'm glad that Dan Quinn's in the building now, but they still haven't committed to what they're going to be. It's 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 like, yeah. and, And I get it. I get it because, but if I have to hear McCarthy say that we just want the best players in the building and we'll, we'll build around that. No, I'm like, no, that last that's what Mike Nolan, that's what Mike Nolan said. Yes. And that's what Mike Nolan said. Like not well, not well. I mean, worst defense in the league at one point. Yeah. So I mean, that was bad. I'm not trying to get you to show your playbook and show your cards to the world, but can I'm- you just tell me if you're playing a three, four, four, three? Yeah. Like, do you feel good? Do you have a plan? Do you have a plan? That would be just great to know, first of all. The one thing that I am encouraged about are all of the Falcons players who I like that have come over to this organization that play linebacker and safety. Yeah. With Keanu Neal, I, I guess he's going to play outside linebacker now, which I don't hate that at all. Yeah. Um, but he can play safety. So the fact that they're beefing up safety and they're beefing up linebacker. Also, let's be real. Like Jalen Smith hasn't looked good. And I don't know if it's because of Mike Nolan. I don't know if it's because of him. Like, but something needs to get beefed up to put a little fire under his pants too. Dude, I'm telling you, uh, the Jalen Smith thing has really tapered off, but that was such a hot topic a couple of months ago. 
And I'm not fully convinced that I, I feel like what we've seen with him is like his tack, his lateral movements, where it's almost like the speed just escapes him when he's trying to move side to side. And I, I can't help but be like, is that because of your injury? I mean, I know you had a good year at times, like not last year, but it, it, no. I, I, and I know it's been a minute since you've been injured, but I'm just like, what happened? Because mobility wise, it feels like you're just not capable. It feels like your body's betraying you. And I don't get it. Sometimes it looks like he's lost too. Like sometimes it looks mental. Like yeah. you just totally missed out what was actually going on on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Like yeah. you're just you're just nowhere near where the play is. Like you're just it's it was at times really hard to watch. And I like Jalen a lot. He's a high character guy, and he's given uh, he has a team friendly deal and blah blah blah. But like right. I was fully. When the season ended, I was fully like, maybe this team should move on from Jalen. Like, that was where my head was at. That was where a lot of other people's heads were at, too. Somehow, like you said, it's died down. I think, like, we've gotten far away from it. But I did a lot of those two-minute warnings, you know, and I'm still scarred by this, personally. (laughs) It was bad. The defense was so bad. I'm like, yo, you have 10 picks, maybe 11. Go spend eight of them on defense go spend seven eight of them on defense so tragic it, tragic is the best way I could describe it like some of those post games I was like god like I can't even I don't know what to say I feel like I'm repeating myself because it's just terrible um all right well my crazy prediction and I've said this on other shows before but you referenced it earlier I'm telling you uh the Bengals at five they are going to yeah F up this pick and Jamar Chase is awesome. Do not get me wrong. Do not get pick. But when very much similar to how when you sign Tony Romo and you want to make sure Tyron Smith is there and he's going to protect him and we just signed Dak and we got to make sure our O-line is intact. Um, Hey guys, you just drafted a quarterback number one overall last year and maybe you should figure out a way to keep him on the field. So yeah. I mean, they've got Andrew Boyd, they've got T. Higgins. Like, they don't necessarily have a need at receiver. So I think it's great that they like each other and Joey B likes his guy and he's like, my guy, like Chase and I, like we could we could do some things. I'm like, yes, you could do some things, assuming you are able to even get the ball out of your hand before you are obliterated yet again, my friend. It's, it's amazing because the Bengals beat writers are basically saying that they signed Riley Reif so that solves all their problems to a one-year deal. Like if Riley Reif was so good, you wouldn't have signed him to a one-year deal. Yeah, and he wouldn't be on the market. He wouldn't be on the market. Like nobody's talking about David Bakhtiari going to another team for a one-year deal. Like no way. David Bakhtiari protected Aaron Rodgers before he went down last year very, very well. Like, he's giving up very little sacks. They they need to protect Joey Burrow. Joey Burrow just went down with a very bad injury. They have, like you said, so many weapons. Yeah. You don't need it. Tim Higgins and Tyler Boyd, Boyd are both wide receiver ones. Yeah. What do you need another one for? Is it just because they both, like, are friends, they're homies, it's the homie thing? I don't know about that, but that could change everything. That pick right there sends a ripple effect throughout the rest of the draft. And then the question then is also at that point, 
Are you taking Waddle or are you taking Smith? I think you take Waddle. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I think like he's a safer pick. Interesting. I like Waddle. I like them both a lot, but I think that's what's going to end up happening. I also also want the Eagles to draft a wide receiver that does not pan out. I want the Eagles to fail at everything they do, first of all, just so we're abundantly clear. And I want the Giants to do something similar. I just... Yeah. <laughs> I wish nothing well on either of those two teams. And yeah. I'm really glad that we don't have to worry about them ahead of us. Yeah, I mean, big facts, big facts. Um, um, at, at one point, let me ask you this about the second round. Are you going, do you want to talk about the second round really I'm fast? Because go I have a question. Javon Holland, I really like him okay. from Oregon, safety out of Oregon. But the problem that I have right now, yeah. and I don't know if this is smokescreen, okay. but he opted out last year and they talked about not, not drafting any players that opted out due to the COVID year in college. Do you think if Javon Holland is there at 44, they will draft him? Um, I mean, listen, I think it makes some sense. And I think that I understand the concept of the guys that are opted out and you're worried about that. But let's talk about the fact that this whole entire two years have been so wildly unprecedented. You don't have tape on guys because they opted out. You don't have proper medicals. It's going to be like kind of hit or miss on if you actually have accurate data. You could be doing, you know, running your shuttles on different surfaces because they're not all in the same place. So it could be a little bit different in terms of timing. Like everything is different this year. And it's not like he's the only guy they're looking at who opted out. I mean, you've guys, you've got guys who are our first and second round grades who quite literally only have like one one in, in, in some change of a season in, in college on tape. I mean, it's, it's wild. So I, I don't fully buy into that. Um, I also would note too, that, you know, that's, we, we talk a lot about like the head guys, like this, the, the directors of player personnel and, and the, you know, the ownership of the team. And if they've actually physically gone out to their pro days, but we're not considering the fact that you've got, scouts despite the pandemic you had these regional scouts who were on the road all last year and one thing that will mcclay does a really good job of is empowering his guys to make decisions he's he trusts them he's like listen i gave you this job do it well and i'm going to believe in you so it's not like we didn't have eyes on him if we're considering him and he's on the board so you know and i know i know i i, I feel like they've had some conversations with him in terms of like you know one of the interviews that they've been able to make. So I feel like I'm, I'm not buying that as a concept of they're not, they're not going to, to take someone that opted out. I don't see that at all whatsoever. And Sewell, by the way, opted out of Oregon. Like, are we going to say that we don't have 700 plays of tape on Sewell to know that he's really, really good? Like, I just don't see that. Yeah. Uh, Javon Holland was one of the best safeties coming in. Um, I know that, He's no longer the number one safety in the draft. But if he's there, I mean, I think you take him. That's just what I personally believe. I like a safety there. I would give me give me O-line in at 44. Yep. Like, fuck me up with O-line at 44. Because, again, like you mentioned, I think we can easily move Connor Williams. When I say Connor. Yep. Connor Williams yep. now. 
and slot some guy in. You might even do some rotations at center, like depending, like guard. And then, and then when you're ready to kick him out, if Tyron, you know, God forbid, can't play the full 17 or something like that, then you can get him some, yeah. some depth. Exactly. Like, I feel like that to me could make a lot of sense. I mean, we were talking about this the other day. Uh, and I want to talk about this guy for a second, too, with you. Jackson Carmen from Clemson is a guy that yeah. uh, you and I were texting about because I feel like, you know, he's for, for some people, he's got like a third round grade. But you're kind of hearing that he might even go higher than that. And I I wouldn't hate taking him in the second, but I'm like, if someone else takes him, I'll be pissed. <laughs> I heard, yeah, I, I literally read he could go as early as 34. That's wild. That is you're talking, wild. About, you're talking about a full round early. So if he could go as early as 34, I wouldn't mind taking him at 44. I mean, someone's going to reach for him, it sounds like. Also, uh, in the third round, I'm also seeing Brady Christensen out of BYU as well. Are you really? Yeah. Dude. I've also saw that that was a possibility at at the 99th pick, which um, is our second pick in the third round. You know we have to take someone out of Boise, though, because that's what we have do. To. <laughs> have to. Like, have to. Have to. I don't know who it's going to be, but you know, that's coming at some point. Like it, it, it's, it's oh, yeah. sacrilegious for us to not take someone who played on that field. Like, especially now that Crawford's going to be gone. Like we got to fill those shoes. You got to keep the steady, the Big steady, it, it just, it, it needs to happen in our locker room. Like our locker room doesn't match with that. Or is it actually a bad thing that we've had so many boys, you guys, like maybe that's why we haven't been great for a minute. <laughs> Who's worked out the best? So, from Boise, I guess recently you have LV, but like, is that a snake bite? I don't know. Hard to say. Hard to say. It is. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I think this draft is going to be, last year's draft was very interesting. I thought looking back, it was a home run. Yeah. Not too many, yeah, not too many draft picks did not work out. So I'm looking forward to seeing coming because two years ago it was really bad. The Nashville draft, really bad. Right. I think, I think Tristan was the only one that sort of worked out, and then he ended up tearing his ACL. Yep. Just when he started to come around. Yep. So, yeah, I think the number 10 spot will be the most interesting to see because I think that there's the, a, a lot of things that could happen between one and nine uh, that could really shake things up for the Cowboys. I think a couple other things that I would want that I would that I feel like are needs that to, for me to feel as good about this draft as maybe I did last year. I need some D line. Yep. I need yep. at that one and that three technique. I feel like we've got a couple guys like on the edge. I feel like with with Gregory, like I'm feeling good about his his. I don't want to say resurgence, but where he's headed right now. But I would still look at an edge rusher for sure. I mean, we know for sure. We know the guys like Rousseau, like that's, he's going to be gone, but like, still, like, I think there's some quality guys um, on the defensive line that could make a lot of sense for us. And I think we really need it because, you know, I, I love Antoine Woods and, and, you know, personally, but I, I know if we're being honest with ourselves, we can upgrade at those positions. I think that's true. I think you can't expect D law to do everything, right. you know, you just, and you saw that 
there's a trickle effect. You can't get pressure on the quarterback and then all of a sudden linebackers start to break down. And all of a sudden the safety starts to break down. Now all of a sudden there's a lot of time and the corners can't keep up with the wide receivers. And so then you get burned for deep. So it all starts there in the front. And if you can get guys getting pressure, eliminating the amount of time a quarterback has to throw, I think that would really be great. Rod, you can't rely on D-Law to do everything. Okay. Alden Smith was a revelation. He is no longer with us. Right. So, and he was a great pickup. I think he was probably one of the stars that overperformed. I mean, I, I wouldn't call him like a star generally, but he was out one of our stars. Um, and now who are you going to get to step up? Is that going to be Randy Gregory? I don't know. I think you just need more depth there. I think that definitely that, that position needs to be upgraded. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting too, that again, you know, at, when, when you talk about the Legion of Boom, and that was obviously under Dan Quinn's reign, but it was always the secondary, always the secondary, but it's worth noting that when you have a, a strong, solid, like front four, front three, whatever, whatever that scheme is, they're taking a lot of pressure off and, and they're making it. So the quarterback has to get the ball out quickly and therefore allowing your secondary, allowing your Trayvon Diggs, allowing your Patrick Sertans, allowing your horns to go in there and be the ballers that they are. So it's, you know, it, it really is a full 360 effect in my mind. And we don't, yeah. I don't think we give enough credit to that. And, you know, Tyrone Crawford, again at the end of his career was was struggling a little bit but I really feel like it's a bit more of a glaring need than maybe we've given it credit to yeah like I could see them taking edge in the second round I could see that happening I wouldn't hate it I mean if if you're not going to take a safety there then maybe you take an edge there maybe you load up edge third like both picks in the third round yeah like it depends on who's there. You can't predict. Once I think past the early second round, I think you're kind of, it's like a crapshoot. But if you can get high quality guys, and I think that's actually what Jerry and the team did really well last year, is they got guys quite a bit earlier or quite a bit later than they expected them to be there, right? Like, and now you're, now you've got a, a full round to get someone that you didn't think was going to be there because. Now you've got like the trickle effect. CD was there at 10 and then you move forward. And then, oh my God, Trayvon's there. When there was a lot of people who thought there was a possibility they were going to have to reach for Trayvon in the first round, right? Yeah. yeah. Then you got him in the second round. You're like, oh my God, we got him so much later. Now we can go and fulfill other needs because XYZ is now trickling down. So maybe that's what you need to do. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I'm excited. I'm I would say excited. Milton Williams is a good name and Marvin Wilson are two that I would look out for in those, you know, second to third, fourth rounds that could make some sense. Um, last, yeah, I agree. Last question for you though, because I, I want to talk, we didn't, obviously we know defense is just the, the big need, right? And we touched on O-line, but what about some of these skill positions? Is there any position offensively? I know we touched on pitch, but I, well, let me rephrase this because I've, I've, I've talked about two different offensive positions. Would you be mad or disappointed if this team took, say, like a wide receiver or a quarterback with one of their 10 picks, understanding all the needs they have right now? Yes. Really? I would. 
unless you're taking a quarterback again in like the sixth round. Okay. Like fine. Right. At that point, they did that last year too. Fine. I'm fine with that. Um, but overall, they've got some guys that opted out last year that are coming back at offensive skill positions. And I mean, at the end of the day, I can try to talk myself into being okay with it. Ultimately, if they get a corner and they get edge guys, do whatever you want with the rest of the picks. Like, that's fine. Like, that's my compromise. But ultimately, I, if I had my choice, no, I would not want a quarterback or a wide receiver drafted unless, like, something wild happens where someone that should not be there is there. I have PTSD still from last year with Ben DiNucci and the Eagles game and also the Washington game. And I'm just like, we have like 50 quarterbacks on our roster. Garrett Gilbert is on our roster. Cooper Rush is on our roster yet again. Like we're probably going to bring back like Alex Tanny or something like that. Like Kyle Orton, where you at? Uh, And now that Alex Smith has retired and obviously we know that Andy Dalton is no longer with us. I wouldn't hate having a viable backup for. No, that's fair. That's fair. Is there anyone that could be picked up though in free agency? Does it need to be a rookie out there? If Dak, God forbid, happens, goes down, like, or he gets a concussed and, you know, he's out for a play or a series, you know? Yeah, man. Like, I don't know about a, who would be there. Who just convince me, who would it be in your mind? Like uh, who would you want to see this team take where you're like, Oh, I would be okay with that. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Like I feel like at that point I am, I can tell you a couple names that I feel like could make some sense versus like names that I personally like. I mean, think about guys like, Kellen Mond, you know, maybe let's talk Texas schools, Sam Ellinger. I, I, I think that's me being biased. Oh, I did see Sam Ellinger. I saw that. I wouldn't hate Sam Ellinger. Well, wouldn't you know, hate that. See, see how we're trying to talk ourselves into being beaten and scarred. I don't want it. I don't want it. But if you gave me, if you force fed me Sam Ellinger, I would eat it. Listen, Sam Ellinger, that's what Texas is good at. Producing backup quarterbacks let's just go ahead and get him on the colt mccoy mccoy colt mccoy get him on the colt mccoy plan we're gonna help you out we're gonna start you 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 just gotta come up i-35 three and a half hours real quick trip for you my friend you're close to home backup role learn your part be a good team player step in when you need to ian book little ian book action i mean listen like i mean i'm okay i'm open to it but i one of those super late like later round picks I'm, 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 I'm listening to a, a someone to fill that role outside. Kellen Mond, seventh round, Kellen Mond, seventh round, anyone? I don't know. Maybe very mobile quarterback. I don't know. I don't want it though. I don't want it. Matt Jones, just, seventh round, maybe where you belong. I don't know. Jeez, man. It's so bad. Just don't get me started. It's so bad. Well, I just feel, do you, I, I, I hope this helped you feel a little bit better, but maybe not. Cause I feel like we're realizing again that we are at, at the end of the day, Cowboys fans. And so our ceiling for happiness is only so high. <laughs> yeah, I will be hurt. This is the actual right now. 
just take pleasure in this. Right now is as happy as we're going to be. <laughs> it's like we Think live for that. the off season because we don't have pain. There's nothing, there's nothing higher than the day before the draft. Everything is in front of you. Every one of these picks are going to be perennial pro, pro bowlers. We're all pro bowl. We are one generation. Team. Yeah. Generational talents. They're all going to be phenomenal. Start right away. Yep. And that's, that's about as much of hope as in a bottle as you're going to get is, is the, the day before or the day of the draft. <laughs> I just, all I'm asking for is not another taco Charlton experience and I'll be happy. Lord. Like, Again, I, my expectations, my threshold is low. I don't, I'm not, I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking for much. No Taco Charlton experience and I'll be happy. Okay. That's all I'm at. That's all I'm saying. When you, when you hear TJ Watts name and you hear him play, Trigger. like, and you watch that, do you think to yourself, like, how often do you think you're, to yourself? Oh yeah, that could have, he could have been ours. Um, I cry regularly internally when I think about that situation and um what we didn't do but um again like I'm I've just learned to compartmentalize as a Cowboys fan what has and what has not happened in that case and just suffer from afar and look at look along at him longingly and I'm just like your whole family like I would have can we draft your child in the future since we messed this one up? Like what's, cause everyone in your family is good at sports. So even your fullback, like brother, like he's, he's pretty good. Like Derek's fine. Like, we'll take him. Big facts. I just, yeah, I think that the one thing that I don't want is a green mistake. Yeah. I'm That's a- it. That's all I want, but it's been fun. Hope is high. Hope is high. Let's enjoy it while, while we can. Um, all right, my friend. Well, uh, one thing I did not mention is that you have a pretty awesome podcast. And I know that you. all you guys are Cowboys fans, but uh, we also, there's another actual season happening right now of a professional sport, and Trista talks about it. So I'd love to hear about uh, your show, The League, really quickly before the good people, we let you go. Yeah, NBA podcast. It's me and my producer, Marty. We talk all about what's trending in this league and you know, it's been a fun up and down. Lots of things happening. We talk about drama. We obviously break down what's happening game to game. Right now we're in the heat of play where the Warriors are just plainly wasting Steph's prime years. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we've got episodes coming out on Mondays and Fridays. Lots of hot takes. You can find us also on TikTok where um, things are popping at this league. And also follow me on this league at, or also follow me at, TikTok at Trista Crick as well. T-R-Y-S-T-A-K-R-I-C-K. Um, yeah. Episodes are on Spotify and Apple on Mondays and Fridays. Dope. All right, guys. Yeah. Make sure you guys follow Trista as well on Instagram and on Twitter. It's Trista underscore Crick. Trista, my friend, thanks so much for coming out. This was fun. Yeah, super fun. Thanks for having me. Let's do it again soon. Um, guys, you can download the Blog and the Boys podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher. And um, yeah, thanks for letting me steal your show, Tom, on Riled Up for Trista Crick. I'm Kels Charles. This has been another episode, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.